Namaskaram. Welcome to Indra Seer, a podcast of Vedic Ministry and Press, LLC. Om Triambakam Yajamahe Sugandim Pushti Vardhanam Urvarukamiva Bandhanam Mritur Mukshya Mamrita Atsvaha. All right, so I'm going to be picking up with uh, where I left off in the last podcast, talking about the um, the fact sheet here that is uh, the fact sheet for recipients and caregivers or the emergency use authorization, EUA, of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine to prevent coronavirus disease. And this was, again, received by, uh, received from, or um, released by the Grafton County, New Hampshire nursing home. All right, so... Um, I just I just covered in the last episode what happens if you decide not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. It says it will not change your standard of medical care. All right, now this next question is interesting. Are other choices available for preventing COVID-19 besides the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine? Now listen to what it's asking. Are other choices available? You know, you'll notice it doesn't say are other vaccines available. It says are other choices available? But now listen to the conflation that occurs in the answer. Currently, there is no approved alternative vaccine available for prevention of COVID-19. FDA may allow the emergency use of other vaccines to prevent COVID-19. So <clears throat> that's that's interesting. So first of all, they don't they don't address are there other choices, you know, acupuncture, naturopathy, um, nutraceuticals, um, uh, hydroxychloroquine, um, whatever they they just conflate choices with. Oh, they must be. You know, let's answer it. Let's answer the question that we wanted to have a- asked, not the question that was asked. Um, so they say there are no approved alternative vaccine. Well, as they mentioned earlier, there is no vaccine period that's been approved by FDA for the um, prevention or treatment of COVID nineteen. <clears throat> um, and um, and then they acknowledge <clears throat> the FDA may allow the emergency use of other vaccines, like the Moderna and Johnson and Johnson and um, AstraZeneca and so forth. Next question: Can I receive the Pfizer BioNTech COVID vaccine with other vaccines? There is no information on the use of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID nineteen vaccine with other vaccines. So interestingly, I've recently heard that in the United Kingdom. They're talking about combining or, you know, if you if you don't know which one you got the first time, you can get the next one. Um, and uh, my understanding is one of the reasons that they're proprietary. Right. And they have these different companies that own them is um, there's different formulations, a different technology. So uh, in, in the UK, and that's not here in the United States, um, as far as I know. In fact, I think that this later on says you should not mix it. But if here, I've heard from the UK that uh, they are uh, combining them. But here it says um, there's no information on the use of BioNTech, Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine with other vaccines. So they're basically saying, we don't, we don't really know, you know, what would happen there. Um, what if I am pregnant or breastfeeding? If you are pregnant or breastfeeding, discuss your options with your healthcare provider. Now, later on in this form here, or maybe it was earlier, it says that basically a contraindication for the vaccine is if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, 
and it makes you wonder why. Uh, it makes me wonder why. Um, will the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine give me COVID-19? No, the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine does not contain SARS-CoV-2 and cannot give you COVID-19. Hmm. Well, again, does not contain SARS-CoV-2. I mean, it's just interesting that when asked, um, when the DHHS in New Hampshire was asked to provide governmental records and information to evidence the isolation or identification of SARS-CoV-2, um, it was claimed that there were no responsive materials. Um, so it makes, you, makes me wonder um, whether, you know, they say it does not contain it. I mean, it just makes you wonder that has it, do, do they know if it would be contained there? <laughs> uh, keep your vaccine card, your vaccination card continues on. When you get your first dose, you'll get a vaccine card to show you when to return. All right. And it says, bring it with you next time. This is all paraphrasing folks. Again, this is no, this is not legal advice. This is not accounting advice. This is not medical advice. This is just investigative journalism. This is looking at uh, documents that have been provided by a, uh, a local governmental uh, agency um, and simply <clears throat> reporting on and reflecting on the information that's been disclosed by way of these public documents. Um, and if you'd like to have, uh, you know, while I'm reporting on it here, if you'd like to kind of look at the source my source documents, um, you can go to subscribe star and, um, subscribe, uh, subscribe, um, with us there and help to support it. And you'll have, um, access, uh, have access to the documents as they are made available. Um, additional information. If you have questions, visit the website or call the provider to access the most recent fact sheets. Please scan the QR code provided. And then there's a QR code and there's a, um, website www.cvdvaccine.com. Um, so that I guess would give you the most up to date, most recent fact sheets. I'm using um, a fact sheet that looks like it was revised December 2020. It's November 2021 right now. So perhaps something has changed. Uh, then it says here, How can I learn more? Ask the vaccine provider, visit the CDC website. And they give a website here, visit the FDA. They give a um, FDA website here. Contact your local or state public health department. All right. Where will my vaccination information be recorded? Now, this is interesting, especially in light of the, in New Hampshire recently of um, Governor Sununu suspending certain statutes that would otherwise protect people from being recorded in a vaccine registry. Uh, specifically, my recollection is, I think it's, I think it's um, executive order 74. I'd have to double check on that, but I think it's executive order 74 um, that he basically suspends um, religious exemptions from uh, vaccine registries. So the vaccination provider will include your vaccination information, in your state and local jurisdictions, immunization information system. IIS. Hmm. Okay. Or other designated system. This will ensure that you receive the same vaccine when you return for the second dose. And then it says for more information, you can go to this website and check out uh, information at the CDC about inf immunization information systems. So 
I wonder how that ties in because one of the things I'm going to be talking about here is later on it says that basically this product can't be used after um, the after the emergency orders are done or after the emergency use authorization is terminated. So I wonder how that ties into them wanting to track um, or record um, people's um, vaccination information. What is the what is the countermeasures injury compensation program? So these are two interesting terms. In the last paragraph, I read immunization information system, and now this one, the countermeasures injury compensation program (CICP) is a federal program that may may keyword there may help pay for costs of medical care and other specific expenses of certain people who have been seriously injured by certain vaccines or medicines or vaccines, including this vaccine. Okay, so they're admitting that there's a possibility, okay, that there's basically a possibility for serious injury um, and that the countermeasures injury compensation program may help pay for costs for um, medical care or other expenses. I don't know that it would ever make up for the potential injury that could cause it could cause to somebody. But you know that's um, somebody's choice whether or not to take the vaccine. Perhaps the their their risk analysis they're they're okay with the the risk analysis, um, and that's okay as long as there's informed consent. You know, from a Vedic perspective, um, we should be supporting uh, informed consent, the ability of an individual to determine what goes on and into their body. All right, so. Generally, a claim it says um, generally a claim must be submitted to the CICP within one year from the date rec- of receiving the vaccine. <clears throat> so this is fascinating because this this vaccine is being given while there's still clinical trials carrying on. Now, what I've heard from other news sources, and I haven't confirmed it yet with you know primary source documents, but what I've heard is that these clinical trials can actually go on for two years or more. Um, if that's the case, then the possible injuries that could occur from this vaccine may not be fully known until after that one year period of time lapses. So basically what I'm saying is that it says must, a claim must be submitted to the CICP within one year from the date of receiving the vaccine. So God forbid, but what if what if somebody gets a vaccine today? It's, um, you know, January 19th, 2021, they get a vaccine today and they have, and they immediately, or let's say they um, have a vaccine injury. There's something that comes up actually, you know, uh, 18 months from now. Okay. And then sure enough, two years from now, the clinical trial um, that's still ongoing, say comes to its conclusion and they find that the uh, the injury that was experienced 18 months uh, for that person 18 months after they got the vaccine is consistent with what was found at the end of a two-year period of time in the clinical studies. And, and mind you, I think that this whole thing is a clinical study because it says that there's an ongoing clinical study. This is really a marketed clinical study, a almost like a for-profit marketed clinical study 
um, and the profit is coming from the, the government to these companies that are developing this. So my question is, anyway, would they be eligible for making a claim? I think ethically, ethically they should be allowed to, morally. But my guess is that because it's here in this fact sheet, that God forbid that someone has a demonstrates an injury 18 months after the vaccine that is then later um, substantiated by um, clinical information that comes out, finishes, you know, being compiled two or more years later, um, you know, they, they should be able to be eligible, but they, they may not because of this little paragraph here that's, you know, notifying people. It says then to learn more about the, this uh, program, you can visit hrsa.gov slash CICP slash. And then there's a phone number here. Um, what is an emergency use authorization EUA? Now, this is exceptionally important. Listen to this. The United States FDA has made the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine available under an emergency access mechanism. Emergency access mechanism called an EUA. The EUA, the emergency authorization, emergency use authorization, is supported by a Secretary of Health and Human Services declaration. Uh-huh. Okay. I wonder who, the, who we, I need to look that up. Who's the Secretary of Health and Human Services? Okay, but they make a declaration um, that circumstances exist to satisfy the emergency use of drugs in biological products during the COVID-19 <clears throat> pandemic. All right, so the then it goes on to read the Pfizer. So this is interesting. That declaration. Hmm. Do you think that that declaration is at all tied to the emergency state of emergency? My guess is so. That's probably why we haven't got out of the emergency, um, the states of emergency nationally or at a state level, because if they did, then that emergency access mechanism called an EUA emergency authorization use authorization probably wouldn't be applicable anymore right <clears throat> and then what would happen to all that government funds that they put into developing these these things would the companies want a refund i don't know huh or would the government want a refund so it seems like there's a possible partnership a beneficial partnership between the government maintaining the state of emergency to maintain the premise for an emergency use authorization so that they can give money to the pharmaceutical companies, in this case, Pfizer and other companies like Johnson & Johnson and Moderna, et cetera, to then produce the vaccine and they get that money and they produce the vaccine, okay? And then they administer it. And, and then think about all the people that are administering it, like Walgreens here. They have a government contract, it sounds like, to administer the vaccine. Okay. And so there's, and I'm sure that there are people that are being hired to administer it. So there's probably a lot of money here tied to the maintaining of the state of emergency. The Pfizer goes on to read the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine has not undergone the same type of review as an FDA approved or cleared product. Interesting, huh? So funny that like for, for years, people who were interested in having organic foods and so forth and having natural products and clean uh, clean things that they were very 
concerned about the FDA approval. In fact, many people that I had heard felt that the FDA approval didn't really even meet the level of scrutiny that they would want to determine if something was safe or healthy. But never mind that, in this case, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine has not undergone the same type of review as an FDA-approved or cleared product. And he continues to read, FDA may issue an EUA with cert when certain criteria are met. Ooh, okay. Which includes, here it comes, which includes that there are no adequate approved available alternatives. Oh, so there you go. If you want to know why they've been poo-pooing hydroxychloroquine, why they have been silencing people on social media and saying that vitamin C and vitamin D can help their support their immunity and, and you know, all the other things that have been suppressed over the last year. There's your answer. Why are there no, why are they basically censoring all other um alternatives. Well, because again, let me read it to you. The FDA may issue an EUA when certain criteria are met. I wonder what the other criteria are, but anyway, it continues to say, which includes that there are no adequate approved available alternatives, adequate approved available alternatives. Very fascinating, right? Wow. I mean, first of all, adequate, I'm guessing using the FDA standard and, and probably most certainly tied to the allopathic model of medicine. So forget any cultural, religious, or indigenous medicines, right? Forget Ayurveda, which is Vedically based. Okay. Ayurveda is the um, system of um, healthcare, of health preservation, of health maximization and optimization that's found in the Vedas. Okay. Um, and, you know, never mind the acupuncture, never mind the naturopathy, never mind the chiropractic, never mind the osteopathy, all of which have thousands of years or hundreds of years or, you know, at least many, many studies that show the efficacy in increasing the immune system and immune response and so forth. But they certainly, it sounds like the FDA, in probably collaboration with the um, American Medical Association, I'm venturing a guess here. It's a little bit of reporting speculation here, but they probably, they did not want to demonstrate that there was an adequate approved and available alternative. How many alternative medicines do you know of that are approved by the FDA? In fact, pretty much if you pick up any alternative medicine, right, it says, you know, this has not been um, approved by the FDA or whatever, right? So, now, the hydroxychloroquine is really interesting. It sounds to me that that's exactly why they were targeting that and why they were censoring that and why they were basically saying it was disinformation and all that because hydroxychloroquine had been approved by the FDA. <laughs> okay. It was widely available. So they had to fight the idea of whether or not it was adequate. Even though from what I've seen, I've seen, you know, doctors online um, talking about the use of um, hydroxychloroquine. All right. But the point is here, there was a concerted effort to suppress any claims of alternative treatments or preventions or cures for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. And why were those so strongly suppressed and censored? Because it was critical to the FDA for the, it was critical for the purpose of the FDA issuing an EUA 
to make sure that they could demonstrate there was no adequate approved and available alternatives. <clears throat> so all of the naturopaths and all the chiropractors and all the acupuncturists and the Ayurvedic practitioners, all of you who have just fallen into line under the American Medical Association's best practices and the fear-mongering around this, you have done you did nothing except for justify what the FDA wanted to demonstrate, which was that there was no adequate approved and available alternatives. Shame on you. In addition, the FDA decision is based on the totality of scientific evidence available. See, the FDA's avail is decision is based on the totality of scientific evidence, <clears throat> not anecdotal evidence from acupuncture, right? Um, not evidence that's not approved by whatever they think is the scientific establishment. So probably not naturopathic medicine, for example. Anyway, the totality of scientific evidence available showing that the product may be effective to prevent COVID-19 during the COVID-19 pandemic. So as we saw earlier, they had 20,000 people in the study which got, who got at least one of the shots. So that was adequate. Think about that. For the millions of people that they are aiming to now vaccinate, having 20,000 people in the study, okay, that had received at least one shot, at least one, that that was adequate to demonstrate that the totality of scientific evidence available show that the product may be effective, may be effective, may be effective. A lot of speculation there. A lot more speculation. My, my opinion is there's a lot more speculation in the EUA of this vaccine than the use of this vaccine than there is actually in my reporting this to you. And hopefully this report will not be censored. It, it may be. Um, so during the COVID night, I'm going to continue on may be effective to prevent COVID-19 during the COVID-19 pandemic and that the known and potential benefits of the product outweigh the known and potential risks of the product. Well, they haven't finished the clinical studies, so we don't. We might know what the short-term um, <clears throat> risks or potential risks are, right? But we don't know. We may not, we don't know the long-term potential risks. We, we don't know the long, it's impossible to know the long-term potential risks, okay? We can't know what the potential risks are two years out from now because there hasn't it hasn't existed for two years or five years out from now or ten years out from now or if it passes if the if the risks pass on to the next generation in utero we don't have that information but they but anyway I'll carry on and potential risks of the product all of these criteria must be met to allow for the product to be used in the treatment of patients, the treatment of patients, interesting, uh, of patients during COVID-19 pandemic, of the COVID-19 pandemic. So treatment. So they're saying that the vaccine is a treatment. And that's kind of the first time that I've, well, I mean, I guess there are certain vaccines like, um, like rabies that are maybe in tetanus that are maybe used as a treatment after infection. But, um, you know, by and large, you really hear about vaccines being a prevention, but this is being um, touted as a treatment. Um, very interesting. Very, <clears throat> here's the thing. If this was being fairly reported across all the mainstream media, I wouldn't be as concerned. But the fact of the matter is, is that people aren't being 
intellectually honest about the limitations of their knowledge with regards to this thing. And they are pushing it forward like it's actually been approved, okay, that it's totally safe, that we know it's going to be effective, that's the only thing in the world that can treat that the only thing that's adequate and available. All right. And that's not intellectually honest. And in the Vedic culture, we, you know, honesty is an important thing. It's, it's important, uh, you know, being, um, trying to be as in alignment with the facts that the best that you can and, um, continue to review things and so forth. Um, but of course, uh, Vedic culture, Vedic, um, beliefs are even beyond that because we understand that there's different epistemological ways for, you know, uh, epistemologies, different ways for people to have information, to acquire knowledge. So it's not just intellectual, um, that can be spiritual, emotional, and so forth, intuitive. Um, Okay, these criteria must be allowed. Okay, Matt, blah, 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 I read that. The EUA for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is in effect for the duration of the COVID-19 EUA declaration, justifying emergency use of this product unless terminated or revoked, after which, here's the, listen to this, after which the products may no longer be used. So if you want to know why the state of emergency at the national level has been maintained for this long and at the state levels, why it's been maintained for this long, my guess is, is because the EUA declaration justifying the emergency use of these products is tied to the continuation, the continued state of emergency and that they can continue to administer this product until, unless the EUA is terminated or revoked. So my, and then, so my guess is that if you end the state of emergency at the national or state level, it's going to terminate or revoke that EUA. And then after which pro, after which the products may no longer be used. Huh? Do you think that somebody might be feeling like they're going to be missing out on money if the products are no longer used? Do you think it's possible that these uh, these governors are maintaining the state of emergency to keep this product going out and simultaneously trying to increase the administration of this product for the purpose of getting to the point where they can finally say, we can let our state out of a state of emergency? This close marriage of money, pharmaceutical companies, um, and these bio, these manufacturing companies tied into the state of emergency, I think is very concerning. And then I will get into the rest of this information, but I'll leave you with this here. Um, then I'm going to get next time I'll get into the vaccine administration record and the informed consent um, document. But I'll just leave you with this. This was the the this fact sheet ends with a stamp that says manufactured by Pfizer Inc. New York, New York. And then it says BioNTech, manufactured for BioNTech manufacturing, and it's from Germany. So that's interesting. Um, Germany is also maintaining the lockdowns, I think. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, I hope this was interesting information for you. And again, you can subscribe at Subscribestar. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti.